When I prayed about what to bring today, this one small whisper just kept coming. The gentlest thought which came to mind when I prayed was this. Tell them, I'm getting emotional, tell them I love them. And so I don't know who needs to hear this and I don't know why I'm getting so emotional or whether we all just need it. But simply put, God loves you. And he said, tell them I love them. Our Father loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you, cares for you, teaches you, helps you. No matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what it is that you're going through, God loves you. In worship, I like to imagine as we sing that we're giving a great big hug to God and we're showing our love to him. That we, despite whatever is going on, are coming into his presence in love and trust and adoration, in reverence and respect, and that we're just holding on to God. We're growing our relationship by showing affection in the only way we know how, singing and raising our hands, singing songs of love, raising our hearts, just being with him. And a lot of the time we feel that warmth coming back, don't we? Right back at us. We feel his presence and love coming right back at us. And we remember how he's been with us over the week, hopefully. But sometimes we might worship and sing and bear our hearts and our souls and become vulnerable before the Lord and we still feel that little bit far from him. Sometimes we feel as though we're just singing and it's a closed door or a quiet heaven. Sometimes the enemy of our souls whispers into our ears that we're not close to God at all, that we've done something wrong and he's not listening to us and those whispers are lies because he says he'd never leave us. And once we settle, and I've said it before, once we've settled in our hearts that God is good, and that is that, God is good, then everything changes. We can trust that he hears us, whether we feel it or not. We can trust that he hears us. We can trust that he sees us. He longs for us to draw near. He doesn't require worship from us because he's some kind of narcissist. He desires worship because in worship we draw near to him. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us because he wants to be near us. He wants to love you, heal you, free you. He wants to bless you. And the overflow of all that is that when that all happens, you become a blessing to others. You grow in faith, you grow in character, you develop and grow in gifting, and best of all, you get to know him a bit more, just that bit more each time. So who knows, we can't always trust our feelings, but we can always trust God. So when your emotions don't move, when it all seems a bit flat, when suddenly you're aware everyone else seems to be somewhere where you're not, keep pushing through in worship. Go back to the start. Pray and give thanks. Giving thanks takes you through those gates and into the courts of praise. 
Psalm 100 says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. If you can't find anything to thank him for, then look at what David says in that verse, verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us and we are his. We can thank him for that. Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. He's faithful. We can thank him for that. He loves you forever. Isn't that amazing? God, the creator of everything, loves you forever. No matter what. It says his love endures. And I wonder if that means that we put God through an endurance test with our foolishness. Thankfully, though, we can't put him off us. He loves you forever. He is faithful to you and to all generations. That means he's faithful not just to you, but to your kids, to your grandkids and your great-grandkids. It's not conditional. He's an unconditional loving God. Even when we're not faithful, he is faithful. I do believe he loves every single one of us here today and everyone out there as well. But maybe there's one or two of us going through something and you've been questioning, does God actually even love me? Or why am I struggling? Or why do I feel like this? Why would he allow me to go through things like this? And I I just want to tell you right now, and I'm going to back it all up with scripture. You know me, I like to use a a bit of the Bible in my preaches. Yvonne knows, she has to put it all into the system. That God's love never fails. Not for you, nor anyone else. No matter what you have done, or are doing, or are going to do, whatever it is you're dealing with right now, God always loves you. His love is everlasting. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this, the Lord has appeared of old, in some versions it says from afar, to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with a loving kindness, I have drawn you. And I think, you know, it's important to hear that he loves us with an everlasting love. And that, and the, that other translation where it says from afar also addresses sometimes he doesn't feel near and it comes back to those feelings again doesn't it but he is and he's loved us even when it seems he's from afar sometimes you know our lives and I don't know about you but it just seems to be getting busier and busier and busier I don't know what's going on sometimes our lives can sort of drive that wedge between us and our relationship with the Lord, but he never leaves us. He's always faithful to us. And I, I love that poem, Footprints. So we all know the, fo- the Footprints poem. I've got it a bit of it on my necklace there. I've got little footprints and then a little bit on there. And I won't read it all out, but 
I just love how that person looked back on their life and saw one set of footprints and then God said, it was then that I carried you. Didn't, it might, they might not have felt like God was with them, but that's when their hearts didn't fail them because God was with them, carrying them. And I think we've all been through times like that. And he will not allow us to go through anything that, anything more than we can bear. And, and I praise God that in the most hardest times in my life, and, and thankfully, praise God, I've never had to go through chronic depression. I know many people do, and it, it's awful. But there was this one time when I actually said to God that I just did not want to wake up another day. And I'd never felt so low, ever. I didn't want to harm myself. I didn't want to do anything like that. But I would have quite happily not woken up the next day. I just didn't see how I could keep going. But God graciously and lovingly walked me through it to the other side. And after a good couple of weeks of being in this awfully dark, dark place... I sort of emerged, showered, and just carried on. And I still had a fight to come that would last a you know, good couple of years, but the depression itself lifted and I was able to find a peace that passes all understanding because God was with me and I could hold on to him. And I never, ever went down to that, that lowest point ever again. And I recognized that feeling when I was reading through the book of Jonah He'd ran uh, away from God. He'd been nearly shipwrecked in a terrifying storm at sea, got thrown overboard in the middle of it and sank to the depths. And, but what had God done? In Jonah 1 verse 17, it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish, thanking God for his help. From the belly of a fish, I mean, really, think about it. He recognized that although he'd been eaten alive by this great fish, it had saved him from drowning. I mean, that's looking on the bright side, isn't it, really? Would you be giving thanks for being eaten alive? I'm not sure I would. I'd be like, now what? I'm inside a fish. But what faith Jonah had, he said in Jonah 2 verse 5, you can see like the physical and the emotional being represented here. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. That sort of speaks a bit like confusion as well. And then in verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. After the prayer, it says, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's lovely, nicely put. It was like a new start. The Lord asks Jonah to do something. He rebelled, he ran away, he went down to near death, ended up eaten alive in a dark smell of big fish with the putrid remains of whatever else was in there with him um, being digested. But he gave thanks to God. He humbles himself and then God restored him and he's returned to the right path to do what God originally asked him to do. 
And summarising it like that just put me in mind of another story, a parable of Jesus, the prodigal son. It's very similar. It's exactly the same message. The boy knows who he is. He asks for his inheritance early. He rebels, wastes it all, and then he's living in a pigsty, eating pig food, and he's depressed and feeling sorry for himself. And then he remembers who he belongs to. He picks himself up, humbles himself, and decides to go home, not thinking he deserves anything else but to live as a servant. But his father, and I love how Jesus pictures this, his father is faithfully waiting for him. He's full of love, and he sees the boy from afar and runs to him, welcoming him, welcoming him, can't say it, welcoming him home and restoring him. Jesus shows us the great unconditional love of the Father in this parable because God's love is unconditional. It's a tender, parental, fatherly love. And I appreciate that not everybody has experienced or known a tender father figure. But God's love actually shows us what a true father's love is. It is tender and forgiving. It's not brutal. It's not tyrannical. It's a kind, patient, compassionate love. And Jesus painted such a beautiful picture to tell us that, to tell you that your heavenly father loves you so much that even when you go off course, he watches constantly for your return just to run to you and meet you and throw his arms around you, arms outstretched to restore you. Psalm 91 verse 14 to 16 says this, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. My salvation. That's how much God loves us. Because God's love for you is sacrificial. From the moment sin entered the world, God had a plan for Jesus to come and redeem us. The Bible literally says in Psalm 98, verse 1, that he gave his right arm for us. 98, oh, sing a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm arm, have worked salvation for him. Who sits forever at his right hand? Jesus. Jesus' entire mission when he came to the earth was to die for you, for your sins, to be whipped and beaten for your healing, to take the keys of your prison from the enemy and win back your freedom. The most holy, innocent, darling of heaven, Jesus, willingly went to the cross because God loved you. In John 3.16, and we all know it, but we're going to look at it with verse 17 as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Throughout his ministry, 
Jesus over and over again demonstrated God's unconditional love for us. He taught, healed, fed, defended, and wept with love. He broke down barriers to speak to women. He forgave, even on the cross, he forgave. There's not one person on the planet he would not have gone to the cross for. And the Father planned it that way because he loves you. His love is without measure. If you're any, in any doubt of his love, in John 15, verse 9 to 11, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Ephesians 3:16 to 19 says this that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We can't understand how deep God's love is for us. It's completely incomprehensible. So I hope that if you were unsure of God's endless love for you, that you know it now. Because I really do believe that's what God told me to say. Tell them that I love them. And if there's anything we can pray for you for, please just come and let me know. And I was so encouraged that as I was finishing up writing it, finally, after trying and being, you know, distracted a lot and struggling with it. Um, and it is a simple message, isn't it? That God loves you. After all my struggles with getting it down, I, I checked my phone and this little quote from Rick Warren came straight up and he said, Everything God made was made to be loved. God created you to love you. So I was really encouraged by that. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us today of your love, that you love us and that you are for us. Thank you for your faithfulness and ask for your help this week. Help us to keep in mind your goodness in Jesus' name. And as everyone's bowing their heads, if you've never, ever given your heart to God and want to do it today, please say these words. They might come up on screen. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that because of your love for me, he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my saviour and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus.